Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dwell Church. So glad to see you here online with us. And some of you live in person at a Dwell at Home. Man, I am pumped because we are in week three of our Christmas series, Advent. And I know we've already said it, but let me send a special invitation to you to be here with us live in person December 18th. Man, we cannot wait to be doing this, all of this, but but with you, be able to see your faces, to be in community. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity to be at the beginning of something great that's going to happen in the kingdom of God, but great in the city of Omaha. But don't just come alone. Bring somebody with you. We got more than enough room for everyone that you know. It's going to be a great time. But hey, let's talk about this week. We are in week three of our Advent series. What does Advent mean? Well, it is a time of expectancy, a time of expecting the coming Savior, Jesus Christ. And we believe on, on Christmas Day, what well, we've set aside once a year to honor and remember the birth of Jesus. And, and so we, we take this time on the weeks leading up to his birth, leading up to how we celebrate it, to remember key aspects of his character and, and, and what the promise of Jesus existing on this earth. And, and we believe this in, in John 18. I love this passage. I want to remind you of this. This is what Jesus says about himself. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. We believe that here at Dwell Church, that this time of expectancy, waiting for Jesus, we're not just expecting a baby. We're not just expecting for a passive onlooker of the people of God, but he is the light of the world that will lead us out of darkness. If you are experiencing a dark season right now, or you know someone that is, send them this message or listen carefully today. This is for you. I have a message for you from God. And he wants to bring something in your life. The first week we said he wants to bring hope. Last week, Pastor Natalie let us know that he wants to bring peace. And today, today I'm excited to bring to you that he brings love. He brings love. Let's pray. God, I thank you for dwell. I thank you for everything that you're doing, how you are making a way in the city of Omaha, how you are setting our hearts in expectant for what you are going to do. So God, we, we lift up your name. We give this all to you as we anticipate the great hope, peace, love, and joy that you bring to our lives. We love you. And in Jesus name, everyone say with me, amen. 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 Hey, it is going to be an awesome one. I'm so, 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 so glad that you guys are here with us today. Uh, but I got a question for you. Do you hate junk mail? <laughs> I mean, I, I do. My standard of junk mail is pretty low. Like unless it has my name on it or the, and there's not a check inside that goes into my bank account, it's junk mail to me. Uh, and, and so I, I got some junk mail right here. And and the type of junk mail that, that we get, it's like ads for oil changes, bills, bills, bills. Oh, hey, this is for like a pill or something. Um, oh, this is like a, we, we subscribe to like theater stuff here in the local area. So we get like a kind of, but it's like, really, it's like they're kind of asking for money at the same time. So bill, bill, uh, oh, oil changes, uh, bills. 
this is for a t-shirt company. I, I, I might keep this one. It's still junk mail, but I might keep it. Uh, a bill, geez, more bit. Oh, I got something from the actual post office this time. And I'm gonna keep this one because it has free stamps in it. I might need to use that. I'm cheap, okay, back off. And then every once in a while, Every once in a while, you, you get a card that looks a little different than everything else. It's got your name handwritten on it. It's got stamps and all this stuff. And so you pause a little bit. You're like, I'm, I, I may not have gotten junk mail. And so you rip it open and you open it up and, oh, it, it's it's just a thank you card from your dentist's office. Um, and they kind of passively, aggressively, like try to get you to come back in. They're like, it's been a while. It's like, get off with, I don't need that passive aggressive crap. I'll come in when I think I need to come in. I don't need a reminder. Uh, it, it, we have these junk mails that come into us all the time. How about this? You, you saw our pile, but does anybody else have a, a junk pile in their house, a, a junk mail pile in their house? We do. It's called Natalie's office. <laughs> and, and what we actually have to do about once a month, we flip through the junk pile just to make sure we didn't miss anything important. Sometimes we get letters from the school or uh, actually just this last year, we were going through the junk pile and we found a whole check from like a side gig that I did that we never cashed in. And like, we're like, oh, cool. Like, let's try cashing it in now, see if it still works. Uh, we have a we have a bill that's actually sitting on Natalie's desk right now. It's an unopened, but you, you know where your bills come from. And we're like, maybe if we don't open it, we don't have to pay it. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> that's kind of how we address it, I guess. But uh, Eric, what does this have to do with God, what does this have to do with love? Well, well, hold on. Uh, here, uh, before we go forward, I, I want us to all get on the same page with something. I want us to all be in the same place, and, and it's with this idea that God loves you no matter what you do. And here's the thing: you may not know that, you may not feel that, you may not feel like you deserve that, but it's still true. You see, God's love is omnipresent. It's always existed. It's always existed for you. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if that's true, then his love for you now existed when you weren't there then. What does this tell us about God's character, about his love? One, that God's love for you has nothing to do with what you do or didn't do. You see, before you did anything, he loved you. He loved you. You didn't have to prove yourself to him. You just are loved. There's no other love like that in this world that suddenly, just because of your existence, he loves you. The second one that, that I believe that tells us about God's love for humanity is that when Jesus comes onto the picture, he doesn't bring a new love. It was the same love that already existed. But Pastor Eric, you just said that this message is called, He Brings Love. Well, yes, he does. And yes, it is called that. But unlike the other weeks, this week, I want to talk about an act of love that Jesus brings with him. Uh, he he brings with him something that is kind of unique. And, and we see this actually happen in, in our mail sometimes, right? Is that we, we go through our mail and we end up finding a, a special card that looks like this. And, and it's an invitation to be a part of something. And, and this is the act of love that Jesus 
brings. You see, God looked at the world and he said, I love, love it so much, but they are not a part of it. So now I got to invite them to be a part of the love. Hey, let me show you because John 3, 16, I think we all know this, but it shows us this pretty clearly. It says this, John 3, 16, would you read with me? It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Uh, so what's the invitation? The invitation is relationship with Jesus, who is your access to God. Uh, Natalie and I, we, we have the honor to officiate weddings. And, and it's, man, it, we get to, we love these people. We care for them. And there's only been a few times that we've actually done weddings for people that we don't know or we haven't gone through life with. In fact, many of the people who called Dwell Home, we officiated your wedding. And, and there was a season and kind of like mid 2020 through 2021 where Natalie and I did 10 weddings. We officiated over 10 weddings. And, and, and so there was a time that we were getting invitation cards like this. It felt like once a month. And so we were, we got invitations from all 10 of those weddings, but also there were a ton of other weddings for people that we weren't officiating. So it felt like that we were getting something like once a month, if not like more than that for like an entire year. And, and what we like to do in our house, just to remind us as we take this invitation, we open it up so that we can see the date and the time on it and, and we put it on our fridge. And so there was a, there's a time where like our whole fridge is just just covered in invitations. And it's a little crazy. And, and let me let you in on a little secret. We didn't go to every single one of those weddings. We went to the ones that we were officiating, but sometimes we got an invitation and it just, it was just too much. It was, there was just too many things going on. So we just, we just didn't go. And if you're a good person, um, you go, Oh, I feel so guilty. They were expecting me. Do they, do they know that I still love them, even though I wasn't there on their special day? And if you're Natalie and I having, after done 10 weddings, you're like, I'm going to go sit on the couch, eat some raw cookie dough and watch Netflix. Like that's, that's what we did. But it, it actually, these types of invitations and, and our response to the invitations reminds me of a parable that Jesus says in Luke 14. Would you guys open up your Bibles with me? Luke 14, starting in verse 16. It reads like this. It says, Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what he what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full for none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. 
let me give some background here because that, that's what I like to do. In, in this first century, if someone who is in a position of power, they had a big banquet hall, they wanted to throw a party, what they would do is they would say, hey, I'm going to throw a party, RSVP if you're going to be there or not. It's, let me know if you're going to be there so I can set a place for you. Um, but they would know the day that the party was going to happen, but these people wouldn't know the time in which the food was going to be at the table. And so everybody would show up and, and a servant would go out and he would tell the people, the food's ready, come be a part of the banquet. And it was considered a like a huge dishonor to say to somebody, I can't come after you had already RSVP'd. And it's at this point right here that we start seeing the excuses that come in once the rubber meets the road. Once you, the invitation has to be met, we start seeing some excuses, right? And I think we all fit into this, right? We, we're, there is always something, or maybe there's been an invitation or something that you wanted to be a part of, but there is like an excuse to not be there. Some of them good, maybe some of them not so good. But the three responses that we see, they're, they're not very good excuses. I mean, the first one's like, hey, I just bought some land and uh, I need to go inspect it first. And they're like, wait, who buys land without having inspected it first? Like, has have any of you bought a house without having looked at it, without having an inspector go through it? No, he's already seen it. The second one's pretty similar to that. He buys farm equipment, he buys 10 oxen, and he goes, hey, I, I need to go try them out. Like, who goes out in farms at dinner time on the day that you RSVP'd to be a part of a party? And don't even get me started on this last couple. What does a newly married couple need to do that's more important than the party? <laughs> well, okay. We might know what they want to do, but do that and then go get some free food. Come to the party. And the problem is that these excuses, they tell us they reveal something about these people. Our excuses reveal something when the rubber meets the road, when the invitation needs to come in, when we have an excuse for something, it says more about your character than when you actually show up. And what it reveals to us is that they didn't want to come. They had something better to do. Church, don't let better get in the way of the best. Don't let better, don't let the momentary feel good better get in the way of the best that God has promised you. I mean, it's too easy to do that. The excuses are too easy. Better is too convenient, but the best the best is out there for you, but are you going to choose that? Let's go back to this parable. Think about this. Think about this from the master's perspective. Think about our, our the, the invitation to be a part of Jesus from God's perspective. You, you see, he sends out an RSVP, and even before he sends it out, he says, I'm going to pay ahead of time as if you are already going to show up. You, you see, he's already set the place at the table. He's already called the caterer. He put the plate down with the silverware and he said, they're going to show up and I can't wait for them to be here. And even if they don't show up, I've already paid the cost. I've already paid the cost for them to be here. And at the time that, that Jesus lived, it's not a whole lot different than the time that we live in now. That the invitation to be a part of God's kingdom has already been sent out. 
The, the invitation for us to be in this community has already been given to you. If you don't feel like it has, let me be the first to tell you, you're invited. We want you to be here. God wants you to be in relationship with his son. He didn't send them as a passive statement. He said, I'm going to show the great act of love as an invitation through my son. But when the time comes for us to be together, do we respond to that inf invitation? Are you making a similar mistake as the people in this story? Are you trading better for what is best? You see, the invitation, it's an easy one to be a part of, but it's still a choice of how you're going to respond. Church, this is the question that we all need to answer of the invitation of love. Who will respond? You see, the depth of our response is equal to our understanding of the one who sent the invitation. Think about this. Who in your phone right now that if they called you, no matter where you are, you would answer the call? If they sent a text message and said, help, that you wouldn't jump out of your seat and go to them right now. You see, the, the, the depth of our response to the invitation tells us what we love about the inviter. Even if the invitation is in chaos, but the invitation in the good times, we make way for the things that we value. And, and, and so when we don't pick up the invitation that God sends to us, it's saying that we don't understand the value of the inviter. And, and there's two powerful movements that we as God's people get to be a part of in this act of love. One, that God loves you. I've said it already in this, but you didn't have to do anything else except just be loved by him. What a crazy concept, because we don't really understand that, right? All other love in our life, even the love that we give to people, has come out of circumstances or situations. You were born into the family that you were given. You found your spouse or your loved one, whether it was on a date or an online app or in college or in a bar, whatever it is, there was a circumstance, but you didn't love them before you met them. God's loved you before you existed. And here's the other movement that we get to be a part of. Are you going to respond to that love. You see, the invitation, the life of Jesus shows us the love that God has for us, but are you going to respond to it? When he says, come, be in my presence, will you respond? When he says, come, read my word, read what I have said about you and the promises that I have for you, will you respond? When he says, come, be in community, don't isolate, don't be alone, will you respond with love? You see, before you might have responded out of guilt and shame that you wanted to do what was right instead of what was wrong. But now you have the choice to respond because of your love of the inviter. So here's the challenge, Dwell. Next week, next week we are live and in person. And God is sending an invitation to you right now. And he's saying, will you be a part of community? Will you choose to, when the, the church says, come, will you go? Or will you have an excuse for why you can't be there? Man, there's a lot of excuses in this world, but our understanding of the inviter 
tells us a lot about how we're going to respond to the situation. Maybe you're listening right now and you've heard about the service or you know that it's existed, but you're thinking, I'll, I'll come when they launch in February. I'll, I'll, I'll come to another thing. Can I, can I tell you something that's really important about the invitation? Whenever God says the people should come together, there's a really important thing that I don't want you to miss is that it's not just you not coming, it's the people that you know also won't come. You see, if I don't show up, my family doesn't show up. If I don't show up, my friends won't show up. If I don't show up, my coworker won't show up. And our job here on this earth is not to save people, but to invite people into God's presence. You can't love God back the way that he loves you, but you can invite people the way he invited you. Let me pray for you today. God, I thank you for dwell. I thank you for your invitation of love from your son, Jesus. God, the, the great promise that comes with Jesus, a promise of hope, of peace, of love and joy in our lives. So God, I pray today, not out of guilt, not out of shame, but out of a response of what you've given to us, we respond to this great act of love by showing up and inviting others. God, this is the call of your people, not to isolate or do things on their own. Let us not make excuses for the better things, but God, you are the best thing. So when you call, we respond, and we say yes and amen to dwelling in your presence. We give this to you, we love you, and in Jesus' name, everyone say amen with me, amen, amen. Hey, come, be a part of this. Not only that, bring somebody with you, it's the invite that goes a long way. We love you guys.